And here we go. Episode 236 of The Brian Oak Show. 236 of these ridiculously bloated, bloviation-filled missives from the mouth of yours truly and my friend Sean Bernard. Hello, Sean. How are you? I am doing just fine. Are you enjoying the lovely weather we're having you today? You know what? I, this is my kind of weather. I love this coming out of the winter and now... If you look all the way out to March 29th, it's going to be 40s, 50s, and 60s. Yeah, exactly. Which Love it, it. That's why, but winter is important. Like, I don't mind the cold weather. Those sub-zero days, you're like, this is awful. Why yes. do I live where my face hurts? But then you suddenly come into spring, and even if it's only 40 degrees, 43 degrees, maybe even a robust 48 degrees, <sighs> and like, things aren't green yet. People still have moon tires on their bike, as our guest and I saw earlier today. Wow. It was a motorized bike. He was going uphill. I'm like, look, you, you're the sucker with moon tires on your bike. Put your fucking feet to work. And Let's get some boots. pedals moving. He was here. also wearing moon boots. I wish, man. Those things need to make a re- very, not Uggs style either, no. but like an actual comeback. My name is Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. It is the Brian Oak Show. And here we are in the Smart Start MN studio, very near to both the historic and lovely intersection of 48th and Chicago in south minneapolis we are in a gorgeous neighborhood it is an impossibly beautiful almost spring day daylight saving time has come now and so again it's dark in the morning when i'm usually i mean that's most of my clock is right around all year round it's dark when you you, well not but it, it starts to you know sometimes on the weekend i'll take a nap and if i roll over and see light coming through behind the shade i'm like fuck which means I've overslept, which yes. I've only done like, I think, three times in 30 years. So, I mean, really a pretty good ratio, right? Yeah, I mean, that's not bad at nobody all. Nobody bats a thousand, but um, no, I love the warmer weather. I love the longer light. I love the fact that spring is about to return to one of the most beautiful neighborhoods in the entire world, and that would be South Minneapolis and really all around the upper Midwest. So things are definitely moving in the right direction. However, obviously we live in a world in turmoil. Um, Kiv uh, in Ukraine, apparently Apparently is suffering greater hostility today than it suffered this entire time by all these sort of like, you know, this brinksmanship of like, maybe we should talk about it. And by talk about it, I mean, give us time to stall and bring more reinforcements up because we had no idea the Ukrainian people were going to fuck us so hard in the words of Boris Yeltsin. I, I'm a, a paraphrasing, of course. I don't have that actual quote. quote. Well, you know, if the Ukrainians wouldn't have attacked uh, Russia as many times as they did, this wouldn't have happened. And all those biological weapons that they're clearly Fucking working assholes. on. assholes. Like, I just, oh. War is murder. The yep. end. All right. War is murder, and we're not doing it anymore. Before we talk to today's guest, because we are recording this on the Ides of March. Mm. At two, Shawnee? At two, okay. Exactly. <laughs> but <clears throat> this is our special St. Patrick's edition of the show. Are we going to, you know, I, I want to go to Ireland with just oh. a, a pocket full of gar- garter oh. snakes and just drop them on the ground. See and all happens. of a sudden, guess what? Snakes are back in Ireland. Now what? St. Patrick, checkmate. All right. I have not been to Ireland in 11 years, and that's fucking sad. Holy shit, the last time I was there was 2005 for that U2 show. Ooh. That's a long time. That's 17 years. That's insane. How am I still alive? I Our guest to... was there two weeks ago. Yeah. All right, we'll be talking to Mr. Cosgrove coming up momentarily. But before we do, a song real quick here. A song that I picked out because I thought, oh, this is an interesting, vaguely cool, relatively modern, cool Irish indie band that people might enjoy. And he's like, well, that one's just so predictable. And uh, I was like, okay, so I appreciate that. Thank you very much. That's a much. different accent from a different part of Ireland. That's John's so Irish, he's Scottish. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm not Sorry. trying to start any border conflicts here, okay? Exactly. I do not want any of that on my shoulders. John Cosgrove will be our guest just ahead. But first, we are going to hear Fontaine's DC because they fucking rule. This is Boys in the Better Land on The Brian Oak Show. And the words I'm sticking 
And the radio's on a better runaway model With a face like sin and a heart like a James Joyce novel Saying sister, sister, how I missed you, missed you Let's go wrist to wrist and take the skin off of a blister If you're a rock star, porn star, superstar Doesn't matter what you are Get yourself a good car, get out of here Well, put the boys in the better land You're always talking about the boys in the better land The boys in the better land Put the boys in the better land You're always talking about the boys in the better land The boys in the better land Driver's got names to fill two double barrels He spits out, breaks out, only smokes carols And he's refreshing the world in mind, body and spirit Mind, body and spirit, you better hear it and fear it Oh, that's the spirit Saying sister, sister, how I missed you, missed you Let's go wrist to wrist and take the skin off of my sister If you're a rock star, porn star, superstar Doesn't matter what you are Get yourself a good car, get out of here Yeah Put the boys in the better land You're always talking about the boys in the better land The boys in the better land Put the boys in the better land You're always talking about the boys in the better land The boys in the better land Names to fill two double barrels. He spits out, breaks out, only smokes carols. And he's refreshing the world in mind, body, and spirit. Mind, body, and spirit. You better hear it and fear it. Ah, that's the spirit. Saying sister, sister, how I missed you, missed you. Let's go wrist to wrist and take the skin off of a blister. If you're a rock star, porn star, superstar, doesn't matter what you are, get yourself a good car, get out of here. Yeah. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about the boys in the better land. The boys in the better land. Put the boys in the better land. You're always talking about those boys in the better land. The boys in the better land I've heard they're absolutely brilliant live, but I've never seen them because I am a fraud. That is Fontaine's DC, Boys in the Better Land, right here on The Brian Oak Show, episode 236. Is that a real number? It's a do, magic Do number. numbers go that high? I don't know how. Before we go any further and introduce our guest, I do have to say thank you to Smart Start MN, a Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. You drink, you drive, you lose your license. That's how the story goes. So the best thing to do is not drink and then drive, but people will still do it with impunity all the time. You do that, though, Smart Start MN will help you get back on the road sooner and for less money than you might possibly believe is 
possible because everything else sucks out loud about your DUI experience. It's a very expensive and arduous journey, to say the least. Exactly right. They can save you some more dough by going to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show, and that'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock. Our guest today is a gentleman who I first truly got gentleman. to know. Okay, well, <laughs> just... <clears throat> Hear me out. Okay. All right, uh, all right. A gentleman who I first got to know uh, on a Valentine's Day at what ended up becoming my very favorite <laughs> local pub. Um, we were in a, my wife and I were in a very, very small, cramped, tiny space. They were doing it New York style because they were trying to ram as many people in there as possible because you know how the Irish are. Yeah. Very about concerned the about they're always after me pot of gold. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know how they are. Um, oh, boy. And he sat down right next to us and basically was the third on our Valentine's Day <laughs> dinner. But I've known him for many, many, many years since then. And he's one of my favorites. He is routinely warm and charming and disarming, as we've been told by all the brochures the Irish people are. One, John Cosgrove. John, it's lovely to see your face. Well, thank you very much, Brian Oak. Uh, it, I've been listening to your uh, squeaky little voice now for... <laughs> I mean, if you're going to insult me and, and, and place it to anybody that's listening that I'm a third wheel in your Valentine's as an introduction... I mean, your squeaky voice has been on the airwaves since I've been in the Twin Cities since 1999. Yeah. And at one time, I I really wanted to be your friend. Now, when I'm stopped trying, (laughs) it's working even better. Isn't that how life works? Yes. It is. As soon as you're like, yeah, I'm done with that, then it's there every day. I mean, there's there's no accounting for it. You know, John, I would love to describe to people who you are and what you do, but no one sent me a bio, so I thought, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Cosgrove's LinkedIn page. And apparently, uh, well, first of all, the picture looks somehow you look younger and fresher now than you do in your picture from four years ago on your page. Here's what it says life events, virtual assistants, corporate events, public speaking, and trade shows. And the last time you wrote anything on it was May of 2018. <laughs> Are you not interested in being employed? Are you not interested in making something of yourself? You know, I uh, I come to America with high dreams and high hopes. They were dashed we within two weeks. Okay. So uh, I've since just tried to just scrape by as best I can. I was just going to say as part of the introduction as well, I can't imagine St. Patrick's Day holiday without a Brian Oak element. That's how much over the years between Cities 97 mm-hmm. and other projects and things. And yet here we are. Yeah. It's the annual thing. Uh, so no matter what else is going on in my work life, I always need to make space at this time of year for... Uh, cooking segments on TV <laughs> and Brian Oak. So I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn after after St. Patrick's Which Day. Which is fine, but it leads me to a very serious question before we talk about the days of yore or what we're looking forward to. It is a little weird being an Irish expat, right? Living in America, you've clearly made a home here, you've made a way for yourself, but for whatever reason, people, they can't... I, I know part of it is because, especially here in the upper Midwest, we are drunk on accents, right? Like, oh my God, that, where's he from? Where's that guy from? That's amazing. Is he he from Uzbekistan? I don't know what, (laughs) I don't know what that accent is. Is it ever insulting to be trotted out this time of year as an Irish spokesmodel? I don't know if you noticed, but there wasn't like a parade of people pushing me into the studio (laughs) prior to this. We're we're smart enough, and of course I learned from the best of the best, Mr. One Sir Kieran Folliard, yes. yeah, yeah. who uses this holiday. I remember him famously saying to me, if only we could find 11 other Irish saints to celebrate, <laughs> we could only work for 12 days a year and we'd be fine. It's true. And that, of course, was in the, in the bar and restaurant business, of which I was in for a while. Right. But it's no different for any other business. It is a way of uh, sort of separating yourself from the pack. However, as my other friend, Liam Scott from Belfast, has Mm -hmm. said, it is fine to have an accent to get your foot in the door, but make sure you're holding something and you have something of value to bring in once you get in the door. And see, I've heard that many times in my life. Many times in my career, I've been told how lucky I am. Like, well, you just got lucky. I'm like, well, that's fine. And it's possible. But if you you don't follow up on being lucky, 
then it's worth nothing. It's, right? wor- it's I, worthless. Exactly. Absolutely. You, you have yes. to be able to bring it through. Yes. You and I did meet back when you were busy working with Kara Irish Pubs and the local and the other destinations there. And we did have many a fine St. Patrick Day yes. uh, back in the time. We used to broadcast live from there. You would come and hang the Jameson bottle upside. You or one of your colleagues upside down in the metric upstairs. And, of course, we paid little attention to the legal draft that was allowed by those particular things. Um, but it was it was a wonderful time. And we've known each other on and off throughout the years. Before we talk about St. Pat's or Ireland or anything like that, what are you doing these days, Ben? Well, so um, given that there was a, a global pandemic, the, my sort of dream when I was at working in those pubs, I used to host bar trivia before it was a thing. Mm-hmm. And I know now there is a company called Trivia Mafia who I've are heard the, of sort them. of the dominant feature. But let's not forget The Godfather started in 1999 at Kieran's Pub. Right. And uh, I was fortunate enough that I was good enough at it, or maybe it was the accent, that I was getting booked for private corporate events. And that introduced me to a whole new world. And the technology that I sort of developed on your good friend Sean Bernard, he was part of that process mm-hmm. 10 years ago, has since developed into its own entity where the software, and thankfully I found a good man, Andrew Grant from Anoka, Minnesota, Halloween capital of the world, to be on the <laughs> development side. So I'd yet to be the, the pretty face, so to speak, uh, if you don't look at my LinkedIn, on the front end. <laughs> so that, that software... Dude, with your silver hair and your piercing blue eyes, you know you still got it happening, Well, right? the, the, uh, the whole point of the, of the software is that it's more than just my efforts, which is what, you know to me what the dream is mm-hmm. but i still do a little bit of the emceeing and i've got two podcasts going shout out if you want to check out the crafty mm-hmm. uh with my australian friend stephen quinn who after 40 years of high level broadcasting in the land of australia comes here and works with this gobshite uh, <laughs> <laughs> then, quino quino yeah. yes and then we have another one with uh vincent Franquel, who's trying to teach us all mm, about french, uh, french cooking and then we teach him that we're unteachable so it becomes this <laughs> This wonderful <laughs> dynamic. All of this partly inspired too by uh, this show because we actually used this studio to get things yeah. up and running. So all along the way, Brian Oak, there's been a little thread there where I'm sorry there's no commission on it or royalty checks, but appreciate that along the way. I just, you know, as long as I can be of any kind of service, that's all I really care about. I mean, I think I think part of the joy of living in America as an expat, having not grown up here, not carrying the baggage of expectation, oh, I'd never heard the expression starter home until I moved here. You have a home. What's this starter home nonsense? Uh, or, or people asking you in social gatherings, so what do you do? And I'm like, right now or in five minutes? Or yes, when is that right. context? That's so, so American. But, yeah. but yet there is a wonderful opportunity here if you're willing to take it. And I am painfully, painfully aware of my privilege as a white man of course. Uh, in this country. And now that I have three kids and two of which are daughters, I'm painfully aware of that. And I'm also, uh, when you're aware of it, you're able to express it and be thankful for it. Do either of your children have even the slightest hint of an accent? Uh, when they want to mock me, they are ah. wonderful at it. <laughs> Absolutely wonderful at mocking it. Uh, when they want Love to like that. bring the dad down, yeah, ah, ta-ta, ta-ta, daddy. Oh. I'm like, well, uh, come on now, please. Now, what they do enjoy is the fact that their names are quite unique. You know, there, there's the Cadens, Aidens, Maidens, and Fadens that yep. they have in the high uh, school. Now, don't yeah, forget about Jaden, Brayden, and uh, Zayden. Clayton. Yes, all of those. And, you know, their name's Ronan, which is an Irish name, but it also is a Japanese name. Right. Um, whoa, 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 like Ronan, like the master yes, of Samurai. Yes, samurai. Yes. Wow, all right. So I think right. as he gets older, he'll probably embrace that more than the little seal connotation that you he has in his name. Just try to keep him away from swords. Absolutely. Okay, please. Um, and then Cloda Maraid, Maraid being Gaelic for Margaret, when she was a little kid, she'd say, my name is Maraid, it rhymes with parade, and so set off this personality trait that has only enveloped since. <laughs> She's she's now the drum majorette. She's the head of the parade. I, I totally mind. get it. I know that you recently were in Ireland, and I want to talk about that coming up just ahead. And I've got a couple other questions about, you know, you've been on the show several times, and but I, uh, there's always more to know about Ireland yes. that I, I, you know, I've been there a few times. It's I, I, My European travel is wildly limited. Europe, or, uh, Europe, what, four times now? Three in Ireland, one in Amsterdam. That's it. I've not been anywhere else, but I still have so much more to learn about Ireland, considering it's my... I'm of... How do you say this without sounding like a complete American prick? 
I guess there's not a way to do it. I'm of Irish extraction. My family's almost entirely Irish. Sean Bernard, he doesn't really look it, but he's also a little Irish as oh, well. Oh, no, he looks it. Yeah, I know, I know he does. Oh, trust me. I've seen that guy at the pub at 2 yeah. a.m. Just kidding. Because no, pubs you close have. at 10 p.m. I want to, I want to mention, because I know what the next song is, because I may have chosen it. Yeah. Uh, the unique thing about this song, this band, The Undertones, they're from Derry, and of course everybody, or a lot of people, if you're not, should be familiar with the TV show on Netflix, Derry Girls, which oh, sort so of good. focuses on that part. The, uh, the undertones were slightly before. That's set in the 90s. They, they're more from the late 70s, early 80s. And they had that sort of punk feel and everybody embraced it. But what I love about this song that we're going to play is he mentions two things that you don't get in any other song in the world. One is Sabutio, which is a table soccer game. Okay. And the other one is University Challenge, which is sort of this English tough um, university question like only smart people are on. It's a and quiz show. It's fantastic. Yes. And uh, rest in peace, Bamber Gascoigne, the uh, original host who died recently of like 173 years old. <laughs> <laughs> It's weird for a couple of reasons to hear a song by a band like The Undertones, because when people talk about the troubles, right, and the conflict in Northern Ireland for low these many years, when we look at the grand procession of history, right, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, how old were you when the troubles were in, in sort of full bloom? Oh, well, um, my mother told me, because I don't remember, but on the night I was baptized, there was a petrol bomb came through the church window. So mm. that was in 1971. I'm sorry. There was a petrol bomb hurled through the window you were being baptized Yes, in. which leads to the comment, we were politicized before we were baptized. Wow. And then, it, and then it, you know, it, that was sort of like the beginning where it's really intense. And then it sort of tapered off to just random killings on a daily basis. Gee, that's, that doesn't sound like tapering off. But when I hear bands like The Undertones, it reminds me when I was a kid, a teenager, and I found hardcore. I found punk rock. I'm like, yeah, I'm mad too, man. All this bullshit is garbage. I got to go drive all the way down to Minneapolis to go to Ragstock to get a new trench coat. Fuck this, man. I'm tired of the system, right? And you get mad about things. And then as you get older you start to realize that certain punk rock bands like the undertones were literally forged in the crucible of like you say murder conflict 
Molotov cocktails. I mean, it was real. It was daily. It didn't mean that you like couldn't go to school or couldn't go to work, but you never knew where the next pipe bomb was going off. Which I think is uh, interesting to bring up, given that Derry Girls is set on that backdrop on, yeah. on Netflix. And in the past two years, as, as this pandemic has been unsettling, I feel... Uh, having a little bit of an advantage growing up in an environment where there is so much uncertainty and insecurity mm-hmm. combined with being self-employed and having to hustle that it was it didn't feel like that much of a change and I could see why people would have struggled given that they had quote-unquote security and job and a routine I didn't grow up with that so for there to be this bit little bit of uncertainty around the pandemic it just felt like well we just have to carry on. It's called being alive, and you got to find a way to soldier through. I think that's perfectly put. John Cosgrove is our guest here for a special, a very special St. Patrick's Day edition of the Brian Oak Show. Before we go any further, though, Sean Bernard, I need to talk to you. Now, I know, like today, right, we're recording this a little early. It's the 15th of March, but it's glorious outside. The sun is out. It's going to be 51 degrees today. It's going to be 60 by this weekend. People are going to lose their mind. They're going to be in, like, short shorts and tank tops. I, flip-flops are likely very, very, not very far tube behind. Tube tops right after that. Oh, man. Remember Did you like tops? a tube top every once in a while? Did it, has a tube top ever looked good on anyone? Even somebody with nice attributes? Nice hands? Yeah. But you no. put up your hands and you did that. I was wondering. Yeah, no, I just, I hands. was indicating the oh. area. I wasn't oh, making I a shape. You okay, know? I, mean, I got like, you. Anyway, um, it, I, maybe. Maybe this is the year the tube top comes back. My point is, people... After we've gone through a winter like we've gone through, they get a certain sort of unlimited, unlimited exuberance, right? They're like, I am getting out there. I'm doing it. And that translates not only into questionable fashion choices, but also their desire to do the things they want to do. And like you've said numerous times on this podcast, people have been sitting in one spot for a long time and the wheels have been spinning. The brain's been spinning and now they're ready to make their F and move it. I bet it's very busy for you. It's crazy. I have two listings that just started today. One from old family friends from North Minneapolis where I uh, was birthed um you ever, you ever do anything weird in that house uh they're all I, family friends so I, don't tell me you didn't kiss a cousin I, in that i house. did art um on my walls as a two-year-old like with black in this house no no and no i met at the house i lived oh in. i'm talking about the house you're selling oh, i want to know did oh, you there? like i mean did you ever like kiss a cousin or no no no, no but here's make a funny. little hand-drawn thanksgiving turkey on a plate or anything no but we're downstairs and the dad who's 84 years old and a little slow mo- moving at this point 84 that's fair man and i'm like i'm like uh what what's what happened to the wall over here <laughs> it's like oh it's uh andy's friend john lee uh threw somebody through the wall uh, there years ago. Sometimes a motherfucker has to get thrown through a wall. I'm I like, mean, Cosgrove gets it. Am I right? You know, uh, every every reaction deserves another reaction. Yeah, an equal and opposite <laughs> reaction. Yes, yes. Exactly right. It's a law of thermodynamics. Yeah. Anyway, so, continue. So that place over on 16th and Gerard North, we just uh, listed that today. That that's on the market now, and it's going gangbusters already, which is nice. And then, what about that hole in the wall in the basement? Does that cut down on the price at all? You know, it's not a finished basement, <laughs> but I'm going to see if I can get the guy who put through the other guy through please, the wall. Please note the character in the basement. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to see if he'll sign the wall because he actually owns. This three is a pubs. great story. He owns three pubs in town now. Shocking. Yeah, yeah. And, no. he, and guess what he did? Guess what he did? Uh, he played minor league hockey. What position? I don't puncher. He was an enforcer. And if, okay, there That's we go. Exactly right. He I had the to wrong term, but but yeah, I was close. I, I was yeah. very close. And he's the nicest guy in the world. Of but I would never ever cross him. And so. see, I get enforcer. Like I don't know anything about hockey, but I know that like once somebody is hurt, one of your stars or somebody like yeah. like took a cheap shot on one of your team. This guy can barely skate. His stick handling skills yep. are modest at best. It looks like his tongue's in jail because he's lost so many teeth. He's he's lost. <laughs> you know, he's maybe scored two goals in the last six years, but that motherfucker is a monster. Yes. And once he gets any momentum, he is going to disalign your body when he pushes you into the wall. That's exactly right. Shout out to John Lee. Hope you're listening. Good for uh, you, John Lee. Way to go. I just, <laughs> he's the man. I'm on he's your a side, great guy. Bro. Great guy. Right. Um, and then the other house is over on 34th and uh, Garfield. In South Minneapolis, great house and a and the home of John Copeland and his wife West, uh, uh, Westy. Oh, they're moving. They're yeah, they're moving to forever. Vermont. Do you know that their son and my daughter dated yes, many, I many, do. many years ago? I do. Their son Paris, right? Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, well, so yeah, it's, yes it, it, it's a small world after all. And uh, those are those are on the market today. Check them out.
And I'm still doing what I did last year, uh, donating a portion of every buy and sell to a local musician or full band. I want to say one thing to John that I thought was fantastic about Ireland is that with what's happening in Ukraine, who was one of the first countries to open up their borders to the refugees but Ireland. Well, it's, uh, it's all about what you can connect to. I just yeah. wanted to make the, also make the comment, this is what will separate you from other quote-unquote realtors because there's all these people out there who think, oh, I could be a realtor, I'll oh, just go yes. get my license. Yeah. It's having that local knowledge, that personal knowledge, that mm-hmm. personal connection. You can't put that on a resume. It just You either have it or you don't. And you have it in spades, Shano. Thank you, sir. Appreciate wow. that. What's the number? 612-859-2594. Just call John. He'll send you you know, well, and speaking of having it in in spades, um, you know, when you talk about that local connection, I don't think there's anybody who's probably ever crossed paths with you, Mr. Cosgrove, that doesn't feel the same way. Like, I mean, like, obviously you are Irish by birth, right? But you've lived here long enough. This is also home, right? Oh, absolutely. 20, it, 23 years. Is that weird? I mean, like to, to feel like a man from two lands? No, it, no, absolutely. And I get asked about this a lot. Um, in two days time, I'll be in the current home, the home I'm in right now, 20 years, the same wow, house. Right. You moved on St. Patrick's Day? The 19th. I was closed on the house oh, on the 19th. I see. Okay, yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. And, and, you know, I can't imagine being anywhere else. Right. I love going home. I absolutely yeah. love going home. And within three hours of being home, it's like I never left. Yeah. And I know that if I ever moved home permanently, that'd be the case. But there is something about living here, in South, especially in South Minneapolis, Twin Cities. I was in St. Paul this morning walking down... Uh, near Nina's coffee shop and W. Frost. I mean, it, that red brick alone warms my heart. It does. There is so much to love. And when I get really homesick, I go down to like Winona, Rolling Stone, mm-hmm. Lanesboro area, yes. those little rolling hills and the yes. rivers. I'm right there. And it the bluffs like and that. everything. I mean, yeah. And so, but it, it's not at all odd to, to, to have two homes, right? I mean, like you oh, feel. Well, no, you, you acclimate and, and you know where, you know, your, your, your base is, which is at home in Ireland. And right. of course, with technology, the mommy can ring anytime she wants. She can do video chat. She's looking at videos. I mean, the way technology has evolved over the last 20 years, that connection has only been reinforced. And you could be watching, you know, I may have a couple of hacks on my Amazon stick to get the, <laughs> to access some of the nice. sporting, yeah. sporting occasions at home where I'm on the WhatsApp chat room with my brothers talking smack about Tommy Tiernan's team and, and yes. whatnot. So, you know, that connection is there. But nothing beats obviously going home, and I go home as often as I can. Well, you were just there. I was going to say a quick lobby out to Aer Lingus. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're, you had a direct flight from Minneapolis to Dublin. <laughs> yes. I took advantage of it quite a few times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You then cancelled it. It's time to bring it back, yes. Aer Lingus. So where yes. do you have to go? Where, where Chicago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then, so O'Hare Chicago, or Midway? Yeah. One of those nasty places. They're both awful. Yes. And so, yeah. no, I, I totally <laughs> get it now. And MSP isn't exactly a walk in the park on certain days, but Chicago airports are not worth it. So you recently went home. Was there a special occasion or was it just time to go back for a visit? Um, uh, the, I, I got a, a towards the, you know, as the pandemic was ending, I, I saw the price of flights going pretty low and I knew I couldn't go home for a long time because I have quite a lot of responsibilities here as well. So I left on Wednesday and stayed till Monday. So it was less than a week. And um, I planned it so that all my family would stay where they were, and I went to them. So I got to drive around. There's nothing better than driving around on the wrong side of the road in yeah. a stick shift, uh, <laughs> thinking about the wonders of life, listening to music as you're going with your own personal soundtrack, and then visiting with family, and finding your brother who's just moved to a new village, bringing you to the, the pub that's 700 years old with the old lad behind the bar. Yes, okay. and um, you know the the bartender right off the bat goes nice to see you Martin my brother and says and who's your great uncle you brought in (laughs) (laughs) and I go I like this place already and then you're there till three in the morning it is a really remarkable thing like I told you earlier before we started recording I'm not widely traveled but I have been to Ireland three times and it is wild whether you're in the heart of Dublin which you know I don't think it's a wonderful city right obviously an economic hub and a crucial hub but if people are always like hmm, what about the the quiet lovely pastoral friendly sweater wearing history of ireland you know you want to get a little bit outside of the city to enjoy some of that and my wife and i drove around for a while and we stopped at a couple pubs that again were 700 literally 700 years old there's nothing here half that age in this entire country that would resemble any sort of structure certainly not one you would go into voluntarily and order some soup and something to drink as well i mean it's pretty spectacular i mean 
is it is it is it possible to ever step back and think no that pub right there was around when William the Conqueror fought the Battle of Hastings or or that kind of stuff I mean yeah do, when you walk around Europe whether it be in Ireland or anywhere else to kind of have that perspective of history well it's it you know it just adds an, another layer to your own personal perspective because we can't literally travel we can't you know physically go back in time you can have an appreciation for it and a respect for it but you can also you know in the context of living here for example in the twin cities given given the history of this country and where people have landed you can appreciate it in a different way it's not going to be the same it's just going to be a different flavor earlier sean said something about your accent and he said, what did you say? I said, you're so Irish, you're Scottish, because that's what I was told about him one time. So, and, and one of my favorite things, so I happen to be a ridiculous fan of British comedy, right? And oh, yeah. so watching it in a country, I mean, obviously, it's a huge international force, right? I mean, it's a real country with literally millennia of culture behind it, but it still fascinates me that you can go 20 miles west or 45 miles east, or 100 miles north, and the accents are almost not recognizable to one another. The same thing happens in Ireland, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, the joke is in our house, given the way my dad pronounces stuff, the accent changes from the kitchen to the living room. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got his own special words and ways of things. And I think, for some reason, and, and who knows, I'm sure there's people way smarter than us that have figured out why, um, for example, you take a country, and I've learned this from my friend Quino, the size of Australia. There's basically no accent. It's one accent, the nation, oh, my, the entire country. Right. Whereas I think, obviously, Ireland being, you know, fighting so many battles and having yes. so many tribes and so many, uh, your accent is, and the way you talk is, is a huge part of your identity. And believe you me, given 23 years living in the Twin Cities, I'm not toning mine down anytime soon. Uh, please don't. A thing to mention for those of you that are listening that have not traveled to Ireland is that you can fly into Dublin or Shannon and the high-speed trains, which came around in the early 2000s, right? They're just phenomenal. So you can get out to those small villages yep. without driving in no time. You can take it, a bus to the city center. Exactly oh. right. I think it took I think it took two hours and fifteen minutes to go from uh, from Dublin to Galway on the high speed train. Really? Whereas to drive it, I think it would be about four hours. Is that about right, and, Jeff? And it's only 170 miles. That's <laughs> <laughs> crazy, yeah. But I, I do love the accent thing because yeah. it makes you wonder, right? Like, I mean, America is a big country. Yeah. But then if you really look at it and you overlay America on, say, a continent like Africa, right? It barely covers the top third of Africa. And so you look at the size of some of those countries, and you have to imagine among the peoples of any given country how widely... The accent varies. So where in Ireland are you from? Because you talk, you know, you mentioned Scotland, but I mean, like, so when I listen to, I know enough about British accents that you can tell someone's from Leeds or you can tell they're from East London, right? Yes. But the Irish one, I don't really know the vagaries of that. Where are you from in Ireland? So so I'm just on the border, um, which hopefully will be, hopefully uh, I'll be doing a Brian Oak show. And here's John from the island of Ireland without any sort of occupation involved. Yeah. But we'll get into that in is another that time. Is that shit still going on? Uh, so, well, technically, Northern Ireland's still part. Northern Ireland is an entity. Yeah. We call it the North of Ireland because we don't want to recognize it. But yeah. Brexit didn't fuck any of that oh, up? Oh, no, it's, it it's created some interesting dynamics. Put it that way. All right, we'll who talk about have, it later. Who would have right. thought that a British Prime Minister of the uh, prestige of Boris Johnson would help the goal of a United Ireland get ever mm. closer? And I'll let you do your own <laughs> research on it. But I think of Ireland... Think of Ireland as a as a hand. All right. Dublin on the east coast. Yep. A hundred miles north on the east coast is Belfast. If you go over uh, halfway through and a third of the way down, there's a little county called Fermanagh. It's the Lakeland County, hence that's why I like going down to southern Minnesota because it's lakes and trout mm-hmm. fishing and rolling hills. Um, we got running water when uh, I was eight years old inside the house, so we're rural. We grew up in a pretty rural part yeah. of the country. Hang on, but I don't the, want to interrupt your story, but prior to eight years old, you did not have running water well, in the we had, we had... Did you have a well? Yes, and uh, the the rain barrel... I got you, uh, okay, was, all right. Was for, but still, I mean, yeah. I didn't realize that we you'd grown up in the year 10,000 BC, <laughs> so I wasn't no, aware. No, the joke is, I, me and a friend of mine were having a chat one night after a football soccer game and we were talking about our childhood and the water and, and a Norwegian friend of all people said wait did you guys grow up in the 1980s or the 1880s <laughs> yeah. but but the given given the given where geographically Fermanagh is mm-hmm. it's kind of like 
you know, it's not going to be as strong as a Northern Ireland one, like a Belfast. I got there, right? No, no, I. Right. And then, you know, you go further south and it gets a little, you don't talk by and you talk very soft, but you talk very fished. Yeah, I and didn't then, hear a word he said right then, there. I got nothing. And, and, and nobody does. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then, you know, your classic Dublin, you're right there. What's the story? You're one of those lads. So you have, you're taking a little bit of everything. Right. And then, and then you know, you're drawing it out and you're, uh, you're making sure that, it, I mean, if I was to talk in a pure from an action, sure, I'd be talking like that there now, and I'd be talking about going down and being a few cows. Really? Oh, I. Okay, so, <laughs> but if you get out to the, but if you get out to the west, it's a little bit more yeah. like this, oh, isn't yeah. it? I mean, you get out, so, it's a little slower. So out there. you have to, you have to. I mean, well, but, if Brian Oak Show was live from Fermanagh, I'd be going now. What's the next, next year? <laughs> Why does that sounds like an exceptional yeah, idea? Let's do it next I, year, dude, Brian Oak Show, St. Patrick's know, Day. Having grown up in Minnesota, the land of ten thousand lakes, I feel like I could probably survive. I think you could. and maybe thrive in, in Lake Country. I think Vermont needs tourist board needs to fund it. Yes, they do. Well, you're the man. So and bring in some bands. Get back to me it. and let me know. I'd appreciate that. Now I want to talk about the next song because it's kind of a good segue in moving to Minnesota. Uh, you know, there are some reputations and stereotypes that are there for a reason. Minnesotans are known to be a little bit clicky, mainly because they've all grown up together. Yeah. And, then, you know, and and why would you go outside your comfort zone when your comfort zone is right there? Uh, so that's one reputation. So in there, invariably, a lot of my friends are from other places. And some of them happen to be American as well. Uh, shout out <laughs> to my friend Mark Conklin, who, I've, who grew up in uh, Indiana, in South Bend, Indiana, or that neighborhood. Um, he and I became friends because he spent a year in Ireland in the late 80s at college when I was at college. And at that time, every band that, that strummed a guitar and got on a microphone thought they were going to be the next U2. Yeah. And some of them got pretty close, but they never quite obviously reached that level. But you had bands like Something Happens, Hothouse Flowers uh, were another one, The Stunning, all had uh, somewhat success. Um but we all fell in love with the Water Boys when Fisherman's Blues came out. Mm-hmm. When myself and Mark uh, bonded over the Water Boys, especially that Fisherman's Blues album. But this song was one that he introduced me to because he was much deeper into the Water Boys well than I was, pardon the pun. Mm. And uh, he introduced me to this song, and uh, that's why I've picked it.
during the course of that song, we were also talking about, I mean, that comes off of uh, A Pagan Place. And then there's another brilliant album called This Is The Sea, which those two antecedents leading up to Fisherman's Blues, they're really quite incredible. It's a pretty incredible triptych of records you can, right there. You can go to the grave knowing, creating an art piece of art like art, pieces of art like yeah. that, that you've contributed to the betterment of, of man and womankind. And, and so I only met the guy once, Mike Scott, from the band Waterboys. And um, obviously he was, I mean, you know, and I don't know anything about him. I haven't heard anything about him. haven't seen other interviews. He was very demure and very quiet. And just thank you very much. Thank you very much. But it was hard as a music head to not walk up to him and be like, and grab him by his skinny little Scottish shoulders and shake him and say, no, you don't understand. Fisherman's Blues changed my life. <laughs> because you can't do that to musicians, yeah. right? They're fragile. They're frail people. And so you have to be, you have to be respectful of them. It is St. Patrick's Day. And so let's just get any of that silliness out of the way. Why is St. Patrick's Day not as big a deal in Ireland as it is here in the States? Well, partly because we're Irish every day. It's like puppies. You know, you don't get a puppy for Christmas. It's for life. You get so, a puppy every day in Ireland? <laughs> well, that's kind of what it's like. I mean, Fabulous. my 13-year-old my, my daughter is, is snap chit-chatting with her uh, cousin there. And they're, t- you know, we're talking, to, comparing notes on how we're celebrating the big day. And her, she she was a little disappointed that her cousin there was like, yeah, we're just going to you know have a nice dinner and uh, we're going to go down and watch the Little Village Parade. It's not that big a deal. I mean, for us as kids growing up, right. it's, not a, it's not an accident that St. Patrick's Day kind of falls in the middle of Lent. So yeah. you can't expect an Irish man or woman <laughs> worth it to go 40 days and 40 nights without a break. And as a kid from Candy... We're only human. We're only human. In fact, uh, Irish comedian Tommy Tiernan once told a great story. The Lord himself came out of the desert on St. Patrick's Day, goes into the pub and says, Seamus, two pints. The devil has me demented. Question after question after question. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not... It's, not, it's so very good. strategic that St. Patrick's Day is in the middle of Lent. So we'll celebrate that even if it's just that well it's it's hard to imagine but sean and i both coming from heavily irish backgrounds that one hit pretty close to home right oh there sean my God. it uh, felt real yeah. and again so it's not not a thing it's just not the big drunken green boingy antenna i mean you still there are still shamrockery we call that shamrockery yes. i like that very much that might actually be the name of a new business. You should probably <laughs> copyright things like that before you say them on an extremely popular podcast like the Brian Oak Show. Um, but I mean, you know, so I mean, like, there was a parade. There was a thing. It is recognized. It's just not die the rivers green and no. get so drunk that you vomit by three well, in the afternoon. You know, it's all about being being comfortable in your own skin and your own identity. And, right. you know, you're living in Ireland. You don't have to go out there every day and prove your Irishness. It's pretty much just part of your... It's like, it's like one fish saying to the other, the water feels warm today, and the other fish says, what's water? So it's, it's kind of... That's the analogy of, right. of living in Ireland. But when you're away from home, you obviously... And, and as the generations go, you, you want to hold on to that identity. Both Sean and I are more than a few years removed from our most recent Ireland trips. Mm. How's life in Ireland? Things are still good. The last time I was there, the economic boom that was happening largely in uh, in technology yeah. was overwhelming. Like, people were losing their minds yeah. and everything was going through the roof. Yeah. Are things good in Ireland right now? Um, you know, like everywhere else, they're recovering after a global pandemic. Of course. But, but you know, the, the core of, of life is there. Uh, is is solid. Um, I mean, I obviously I'm returning home to a, a rural part of Ireland where you know the neighbours are still you know operating as best they can and things are going on as best they can. There's obviously going to be some upheaval along the way, but you know that's we're used to it, so uh, we're comfortable being uncomfortable. So let me ask you this then, because you mentioned this earlier in the podcast, and to me it's very very insightful watching all these incredibly comfortable and privileged Americans, even if we're not rich, we're used to a certain level of comfort. That's sort of defining here in America, right? To be like suddenly uncomfortable and things to not be as they always have been. Was there some satisfaction in knowing that maybe now Americans, if not fully understanding or giving a shit about Ireland's history, but to just know that people who've never really had to live through any sort of significant discomfort before have now had to experience it. Uh, in some ways, yes. But I also point to the fact that I moved to the United States in 1999. I had just under two years pre-9-11. Then that happens. Jesus. And, and all that came with that. 
So, you know, I grew up with with cousins and uncles and aunts that had been to the U.S. and come home and talked about, talked up this comfort. And we're like, that's an aspiration. Mm-hmm. And then I come and 9-11 happens and then you got global pandemic. So I feel like my timing's off. Now, if I'm not mistaken, just after 9-11, they rounded up most of the Irish, didn't they? Put them in camps? They tried to. Just to be yeah. sure. Just to I be mean, careful. Just to be careful. You don't know. I would join no. that camp. I, <laughs> How much fun would that be? Oh, my God. Well, <laughs> you know, until about two in the morning, what I found yes. about the Irish is they're fun about until about two in the morning and then it either gets very loud and shouty very punchy or very tear-filled how about singing there's well, a lot of singing singing uh, up until 2 a.m i but almost then, got kicked out of the local once for singing do you know that um i i know how no, do you get as, as, I'll, I'll use my best northern Ireland accent. i know nothing how thick is nice. the sean bernard file back in the <laughs> office at the local oh god it's amazing they let me back in there <laughs> to this day by the way am i still my favorite pub it is still a little weird to me i know americans don't you don't normally go around calling their favorite bar their local but that's where it comes from yeah to call your local the local was always weird to me but to this day it remains Oh, I wish I still drank. Not really, but... Yeah, I know what you mean. You know know what what I mean, mean. right? uh, uh, This is new news, but there is a new pub uh, recently opened. Of course, it opened during uh, COVID. Go on. uh, Called The Prodigal, which is the most appropriate name for a pub (laughs) that aspires. And it's kind of like, it doesn't call itself an Irish pub. Right. And a shout out to to Jeff and Randy, who've done a phenomenal job. Jeff's a pastor, so he knows about bringing people together with imaginary friends. And we do that in (laughs) Ireland all the time. (laughs) And it has turned out to be a real gem of a pub. Where but is it? I, I'm where not telling it? anybody where it is because it only holds about pub. it holds about 50 people. Okay, and there is a there was a screaming meme that I want to recall. Uh, hey hipsters, stay out of old men's pubs, and I want to I want to echo that. Well, back when my drinking really took on a truly professional, like you know, you watch olympic curlers yes. right or you watch people do the biathlon mm-hmm. where like i mean these are norwegian ski snipers right like i wouldn't think to ski in their lanes or pick up one of their ridiculously sensitive guns same thing when i've got my day drinking spot where there's literally only one other person in that bar with me you fucking stay away so i used to have a couple of those myself and you know what in the spirit of future day drinkers I'm not going to share those either. It's time for us to wrap things up, Mr. Cosgrove. Happy St. Patrick's Happy Day St. to you. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. I swear to God I'm showing up with a sandwich bag full of garter snakes at some point. We're okay. Gonna see if we can't do this like the frogs did in Australia, let's bring the snakes back, and then let's see your precious St. Patrick come back and do it again. Yeah, no no, no kidding. Uh, the, the final song is a little bit of a deviation, but uh, to me it's... Before we get into the last yes. song, I just want to know... Where do people find you? Tell them where to come and find everything that is... Ju- <laughs> well... Not your home. I don't need your address. The jail that I spent no, a lot of time no, in? No, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Online, if people want to do your trivia, if they would like to get you to be a motivational speaker, or just to sort of jabber at them in whatever that Southern Irish accent you did earlier was, well, we- how, how would they find you? Well, uh, our, our, our main place is Crafty Rogues, craftyrogues.com. Uh, uh, let me say that in English because a lot of people didn't understand what you just said. Uh, CraftyRogues.com. R-O-G-U-E-S. As yeah, well, in, exactly. Like the, the Nissan car. Yeah. Yeah. Crafty and not Rogues. crafty with a K, but what crafty, the hell crafty is with a, a C. N- what the hell is a Nissan? <laughs> Can we get more English speakers <laughs> on this show, please? I think it used to be a Datsun. <laughs> oh, a Datsun. Oh, yeah. Uh, that, that's the main one. And, and when you go there, then you'll find... And, or you can just go to my LinkedIn and shudder at the, at the descriptions. <laughs> nice. No, it's a, it's a perfectly handsome picture of you. Yeah. I just... 2018 was four years ago. <laughs> okay, I mean, we'll update it. We'll take a picture today, maybe, and I'll put it on. May I thought you came to America to be successful. Okay, okay. I just I thought you were going to utilize the if tools that were made available. If you're happening to, you. to listen and you're in the <laughs> events industry, uh, we have great software, VoiceHive.com. But if you just want the crack, C R E I C. Uh, craftyrogues.com. I don't know that we There's need no to make a distinction. This show. I'm actually, I'm fine with it as long as we get a small percentage. Um, <laughs> Mr. Cosgrove, you know I'm deeply fond of you, and it's lovely to see your face again, man. Well, thank you, Brian. I just can't imagine, and I'm sure my kids can't, having grown up their entire lives hearing your voice around St. Patrick's Day. It's, a, it's almost like you're one of St. Patrick's apostles with, with extra snakes. Uh, <laughs> 
I'm the snake bringer, and you are St. Patrick's Apostle. Um, Sean, thank you very much. Thanks to our friends at AudioQuip. Thanks to Smart Start MN. Thanks to everybody who's ever shared, listened, promoted, amplified the podcast in any way whatsoever. We literally can't do it without you. And good people like Mr. Cosgrove, I'm sorry to have interrupted. Will you please tell me about the final song well, before we take it this, out here? This lady uh, grew up in South London. Her name is Joy Crooks. Uh, she has an Irish father, a Bangladeshi mother. She grew up in South London. She's a poet. She's an artist. She takes no shit from anyone. Listen to the lyrics of this song and feel it. Happy St. Patrick's Day. Rolling up the vote, I took my Benson. England's blowing smoke and needs attention. Could use a little paint to change the color. Before they send us back across the water. against that society.